Hi guys, welcome to NHBF Shines On. I'm Brooke Evans and just like you, I run my own salon. I want to have real conversations with some of my favourite people in the industry about the highs and lows in hair and beauty. Today on the podcast, we're joined by Jessica Crane. Jessica is an an award-winning business coach and someone who thrives on helping salons reach their true potential. She's also someone who has had a long journey to the top of her industry, so I really wanted to hear her story. That's why today on the podcast, NHBF shines on Jessica Crane. Hi, Jessica Crane. Thank you so much for being part of today's episode. Very excited to have you on. So I'm going to get fully into this. Why don't you tell us more about who you are and what you do? Oh, hi, Brooke. Thank you for having me. So yeah, I'm Jessica Crane, a business coach for salon owners. Our main goal for our clients and our salon owners is to help them create generational wealth from their business. Been coaching salon owners for coming up to nine years now, all across the globe, like just not just the UK, but Australia, America, New Zealand, Ireland, uh, lots of different countries as well. I mean, to start, can you please tell us how you started working in the hair and beauty industry? Yeah, so I had my first job in a salon when I was 12. I've always been like a real practical learner. And so I wouldn't say school wasn't for me because I actually did do really well at school. But I knew that I wanted to get out and get working and get into the real life, what I called real life, and kind of just get my hands on and hit the ground running. So I had my first job in a salon at 12. I was doing Saturdays. I was doing school holidays. I was doing after school. And to me, it just felt like it was being part of the real world, like working, meeting people, learning a trade. Like it was just an amazing community of people. And from my first day, I enjoyed every second of it. Oh, that's so great to hear. I mean, to get into it as well at that age. How did you even get the job? What was your, what did you do? Like, what was your pitch? There was a small salon down the road from me. It was literally like a, a one minute walk. So at 12, I thought that's perfect. It's a one minute walk. Hairdressing was probably the only industry that would take on a 12 year old. <laughs> at that time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, young people struggle to get work experience and jobs because of health and safety and blah, blah, blah. But our industry was kind of, you know, hey, yeah, another pair of hands. Brilliant. Come in. <laughs> like, can you make tea? Can you shampoo? Brilliant. Come join us. So <laughs> I suppose really they were pitching to me more than I was pitching to them. And they were like, brilliant. Hands on and some help. <laughs> awesome. We'll have you in a heartbeat. So yeah. Yeah, straight away, I was like, I did a, a bit of retail, but I didn't enjoy that. I was like, yeah, the hairdressing industry is definitely for me. I genuinely believe like that, that carries you into the person you are today. Like, I'm sure you're so efficient because of the jobs that they gave you back when you were 12. Oh, definitely. And I think we need to get more young people on board and teach them life skills and teach them how to talk to people, how to hold conversations, how to be proactive, how to think for yourself, how to, you know, just have that bit about you, which 
our industry does teach you and does give you, it does give you good life lessons as well as, you know, your trade and your skill and your creative. It does teach you good life lessons as well. I definitely sought out a community. Like I didn't have that family support network at that time for me, which is one of the reasons why I went and actively sought out getting a job at 12 because I knew that for future I was going to have to support myself like financially, emotionally, physically. Yeah. You know, it is a great community and you feel like in some salons, like your salon owners are your mums and dads and all the stylists and staff are like, you've inherited a load of brothers and sisters that are older than you. And it is such a nurturing environment. Everybody's teaching you, everybody's helping you, everybody's supporting you. My environment at that time, there was anything from financial abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse, unstable relationships. So I didn't have that kind of help or support into what I was going to go and do next or whatever. So for me, it was a way to escape and a way to have my own freedom and my own independence. And and I think that's important for everybody to have those foundations for you to build on so that you can be financially independent yourself going forward. You know, it's why I'm passionate about teaching salon owners to be financially independent and to run a profitable business is to have those rock solid foundations so that you can employ more people, you can support more people, you can take on more apprentices. You know, you can't give from an empty cup. So if you've got all these tools and all these resources, you can give more to our industry and that's how an industry can grow. Yeah. One of the things that I think is awful is that we have this mindset where doing our skill or doing our craft is okay not to be focused on profit and being being a money making industry and i think that's a really negative a really negative problem because it takes money tools resources to grow an industry and if we don't have that we can't thrive and grow one of the phrases i heard recently was that congratulating a salon for putting passion over profit and i just think Personally, it's creating a really bad dynamic in our industry when we can't create the creative and the passion without the profit. Definitely. The two go hand in hand and the one has to come before the other. So I just think we need to stop that narrative and stop that mindset. And we need to focus on having those tools and resources, the money, the energy, the time to feed down into the next generation and keep growing and thriving our industry. What was it like first making the transition into being a business coach? And was that difficult for you? No, to be honest, it happened very, very organic for me. I was very lucky. So at the time, I was teaching hair, beauty and business admin. I was internal verifier, assessor, and I was managing a private training provider. So at the time, I was Although I was managing the centre, I was also going out to salons, teaching salons, teaching their apprentices. So I was kind of here, there and everywhere. So I knew a lot of salon owners in my area. 
And I went on maternity leave with my daughter, Harley, nine years ago. And I did a consulting degree whilst I was on maternity leave. But organically, a lot of the salon owners that I knew were reaching out and they're like, hey, I know you're on maternity leave, but could you help me with this? Would you mind meeting up for a coffee? Can I ask you this? And it was very, very organic. So obviously I was on Sunday. I had nothing else to do. I like to keep busy. So I was like, yeah, absolutely. Like meet you for a coffee. And they'd ask me certain things. And so I'd say, do you know what? Why don't we just do some one-to-one coaching? So I would start coaching salon owners that way. It grew organically and we'd just help more and more. And then it was across London. It was across the UK. And then in 2016, we actually moved from Leicester to Bristol. And I wanted to continue to help and support not just these salon owners, but to widen the horizons as well. So we took the whole business online. And to be honest, it's just forever grown from there and evolved. And yeah, we just never looked back. Do you remember the exact moment you decided to make the switch and leave the salon floor? Well, I'd been on the salon floor for a long time. I'd already been like a salon manager at 18, 19, and then I'd gone into education. And even with education, I was already an internal verifier. So for me, I felt like there was nowhere else for me to go. There was no real progression route from there. So working for yourself and coaching there feels like there is no glass ceiling on that because you're always pushing yourself to do more, to learn more, to become more. For me, that was the natural progression is somewhere where there isn't a glass ceiling. You've said that you've always felt like people put glass ceilings on you. Can you give us like an example of that? I have felt that people would assume where I would go or what I would achieve and would like to put negative self-doubt or negative belief on those things saying you're not capable of this or you're not capable of that for any particular reason. Now, if people do that to you, it's 100% a reflection of them and not you. I've only experienced it a tiny bit in our industry, but that's one of the things I do like about our industry is that we are so inclusive of everyone, no matter what you know, their their age, their race, their sexual orientation, everything is included in our industry and celebrated. So I definitely found it was an industry with the least limitations and the least kind of glass ceilings and limiting beliefs personally. But yeah, I think I've definitely experienced it. <laughs> We have just made it out of COVID and now it's the cost of living crisis. Can you share with us how you see this industry getting out of this? I think it's even more reason to be focused on your finances and focused on your business. Like you as the business owner, your number one priority is to work on your business, is to keep those doors open, to keep your financial systems and processes updated and your knowledge and your skills updated. Your, you know, your marketing, are you marketing better than the work you were last year? You know, have you got your systems and operations? Have you got new recruitment processes in place? Because how you recruited six months ago, 12 months ago is irrelevant. 
Like, are you focused on being the best business owner and upskilling your knowledge, your strategy, your skills in every area of business? Because there's always going to be something in the environment. It's cost of living, it's COVID, it's a recession, it's this, it's that. There is always going to be something that that's not new news. The fact that you have to make sure that you're prepared for those environmental changes, that's what being a business owner is. So I think it's just another environmental factor that we have to deal with, but we have to be equipped and prepared ourselves to deal with that. That's what you signed up for being a business owner. For sure. We've had some absolute huge, literal waves when you think. We only opened in December 2019, so then we're hit with COVID, then we had flooding, and then, yeah, it's been a wild one. But do you know what? In a way, I think the fact that we were hit so early on made me a stronger business owner as in what's going to hit us next come at me <laughs> yeah exactly that like because there is always going to be something especially because in a salon business you have so many pieces of the puzzle if you like like there's staff there's clients there's a brick and mortar business there's stock there's there's just so many elements that you are always having to focus on all of these elements and then you've got external factors and that's why I believe working on your business is a full-time job because all of those pieces need your a hundred percent attendance like you can't afford to drop the ball and then miss something that could be detrimental to your business absolutely do you ever miss being in the salon? Um, I don't miss the creative. I miss the environment sometimes. But then I'm around my clients all the time and we, you know, we have events and and stuff. So I kind of still get that from them. So yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> I think because my head is a hundred percent in business, like that is my jam. Like marketing, business, systems, operations, like all of that stuff now is what I'm 100% all in. I love watching other people do creative and I love, you know, when we go salon or somewhere and you can really appreciate the technical skill in what they're doing. And I love photo shoots. I do love watching photo shoots. I love photography. I love the end piece when it's all come together in that high end media image. But for me personally, doing the creative doesn't give me as much kind of excitement as working on the business side of the business does. At the end of each episode, we like to finish things off with a roundup of quick hit questions. We call quick tips. No more than a couple of sentences for these, but you can answer them as quickly as you can. What made you want to work in the hair and beauty industry? The time freedom, the family, the support and the creativity. Favourite new beauty product? Oh, aromatherapy associates. Oh. Any kind of aromatherapy associates oil, like face oils, body oils. So good for anxiety, so good for sleep. That's your one. A bit of luxury. <laughs> Who was the worst client you ever had? Oh, I would never disclose any client information. I've definitely had one client a long time ago that I did fire. And this is a really good lesson for everybody because I'll tell you why. So when we take on clients, we do like a free 50 minute business consultation and we get to know them, their goals. We get to know each other and make sure it's a really good fit. 
and we've purposely like made sure that's quite an in-depth process ever since this point right because the only people we don't work with are people that are not coachable because they're not going to get the results and we're results driven right so anyone who wants the result but doesn't want to do the work we're not going to work well together (laughs) (laughs) it's true very true what is the number one hair and beauty product or tool you can't go without? Oh, a hot brush. No, oh, I love a hot brush. <laughs> Worst haircut you've ever gotten? Oh, I'd say there was probably a few when I was <laughs> probably 18, 19. I wouldn't say more cuts, I'd say more colours. A few platinum blonde with some crazy colours underneath and stuff. And remember a bit of a Christine Regulera, 90s. And the 90s is coming back. <laughs> yeah, I hope not. With the butterfly <laughs> clips and the jeans. So probably more the colours than the cuts, I would say. Oh, I love that. I love that. I feel like every hairdresser is on that one with you. <laughs> yeah. Hardest thing about being on social media in the hair and beauty field? I mean, yeah, we all get, you know, negative comments and stuff. And I'd say it's dealing with that when... It's more frustration because that person doesn't know you. And I get more frustrated when people judge on how you look or whatever, right? I would rather you judge me on what I know Mm -hmm. than on how I look. And I'm always more disappointed when it's another woman. Yeah. I think, oh, come on, dude. Like, do it for the team. We need to be building each other up and not bringing each other down. Absolutely. That's a really nice one. If you could change one thing about the industry, what would it be? Money mindset, absolutely. Having a a good, strong money mindset that we feel empowered to charge whatever we like without judging each other. We see that a little bit as well. Without judging each other or without having that fear of judgment from clients, etc. Brilliant. What advice would you give to your younger self? Oh, I think to just know that you're enough Mm -hmm. and to know that what you do is enough and what anyone else believes or thinks is their reflection of them and not you. No, that's a nice one. So importantly, we need to find out, anybody that's listening to this, where can they find you on your social? Yeah, so definitely come over and follow us on Instagram. So it's Jessica Crane, S-I-S-S. And in our link in our bio, we always have free masterclasses or every so often we do run a two-day salon summit as well. So that is brilliant. It's a two-day live virtual event. So you can come work with me live for two days. We cover everything from finances and marketing and systems and processes. It's just absolutely jam-packed for two days. Everybody go and hit Jessica up on this. I'm I'm sure you are not going to be disappointed. I just wanted to say thank you so much for joining us. It's been great to talk to you and hearing all about you, your journey and what's yet to come in the future. Awesome. Thanks, Brooke. That's 
it for today's episode of NHBF Shines On. In our next episode, we'll continue to bring you the stories of the brightest lights in the hair and beauty industry and bring you the personal insight that could take your business to the next level. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.